Back in 2015, my brother worked for a security guard hiring place. Not exactly sure what you call it. Basically, he'd call and they'd station him in some place or another that needed it. So this particular time, my brother got hired by the local cemetery. They'd had issues with kids sneaking in at night and messing things up, and at one point, they even broke a couple graves. Anyway, his job was just to drive around the cemetery and make sure no one was messing around. This area was pretty rural and at the time had a pretty bad stray dog problem. Dogs would get lost or people would drop them off and they would form packs and roam the countryside. On this particular night, my brother was in the cemetery and noticed a pretty big pack of dogs, about eight or so, just wandering around and playing. There was a big Rottweiler, a couple of mixed-breed dogs, and even a little Bichon Frise that was clearly someone's pet at some point because it still had a harness on. So my brother is doing his rounds, and he's driving really slowly with the window down. He has his arm out of the window with the spotlight, and it's pitch black at this point. Suddenly, he hears the dogs going crazy, and then he hears what he best described as the screaming bird from the Swamp episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, but deeper and more human-like, with a rattling sound mixed in like a rattlesnake's tail. The dogs go silent before starting back up again, barking and snarling a few minutes later. Then something fast and pale runs in front of his headlights, with the eight dogs in pursuit, barking and snarling. He decides to follow the dogs in fear that they're getting ready to tear someone's pet to pieces. He parks his car, gets out with a spotlight, and then follows the sound of the barking. He then hears the scream again and swears that he heard a faint help, mixed in with the weird screeching and rattling. He gets to where the dogs are going nuts and shines his light, and is surprised to see that the dogs have a deer. He said that this deer was a pale gray color. It was skinny and emaciated, and then he shined the light on its eyes. They're black, he said, but no light reflected off of them and had no shine whatsoever. They looked like the eyes of something dead. He is understandably confused, and he's standing there, a few yards away from a pack of angry, snarling dogs that haven't even registered that he's there. The dogs have this deer surrounded and are taking turns nipping at its hind end and legs, but my brother notices that every time they do, they recoil and sort of gag as if the taste is appalling to them. My brother then hears a deep growling from behind him. This big Rottweiler bowls past him and launches itself at the deer, grabbed its hind legs, and with a mighty shake, knocks the thing over and just starts wailing on it. He then says the deer let out a screech again, and then it takes its hoof and swipes, yes, he said swipes, at the dog. The dog lets go, and the thing takes off. The dogs are hard on its heels. He never did guard work at that cemetery again, but he did go back a few days later and managed to get that little Bichon Frise to come with him, and he's had that dog for the last five years. We live in Utah, and my uncle Mark went on a mission at 19. They sent him to a Native American reservation in Arizona and paired him with a companion named Carl. When they first got there, 
there was a huge rift with the locals on the reservation with them being there. They didn't want my uncle and Carl staying on the reservation. Eventually, they came to a compromise that they would stay on the outskirts in a trailer. The reservation wasn't very big and was located next to a heavily wooded area. The first night, they were trying to sleep, when all of a sudden, their trailer started to shake violently back and forth. Startled and not sure what was happening, they climbed under the table for cover. Mark could distinctly hear someone pushing it from both sides of the trailer, like a group of people. After about five minutes, it stopped. That next day, they made rounds on the reservation and were talking to the locals. Carl made a comment to one of the families that their trailer was shaking the night before. The family got very quiet and told them they had to leave. They thought it was strange, but they didn't think much of it. The next night, it happened again. They woke up to their trailer shaking back and forth. Again, they climbed under their table until it stopped. This went on for two more nights. Anytime they tried to talk to anyone about it, they got quiet and told them they had to leave. Mark started thinking that due to the tension of their arrival, the locals were doing this to scare them off the reservation. They'd then go into the convenience store and they were talking together about how frustrated they were with the situation. The clerk overheard and said, They can't talk about it. It's forbidden. Confused, they asked him, Can't talk about what? The guy continues to tell them about skinwalkers. He says that they are evil demons that were once Native American witches, and if they talk about it, the skinwalkers will come for their souls. They just walked out of there baffled. They thought it was another scare tactic. So that night, when the shaking started again, my uncle decided to be brave and confront them. He went to the trailer door, flung it open, and yelled, Hey! hey, hey, hey. But when he did that, he saw three animals run off. Two were a wolf, one was a bear. As he watched them run towards the trees, all three of them stood up on two legs and walked slowly towards the trees, making a human cackling laugh. <laughs> it scared him so bad that they called their mission president the next morning and asked to be moved. They were relocated that day. For a year, nothing happened. One day, they announced that Carl was being relocated to another city and Mark was going to get a new companion, Jimmy. They had to drive for an hour to pick up Jimmy from the airport. The road they traveled went through the boundaries of the reservation. They arrived at about 8 p.m. and met Jimmy, and then they go to leave. The mission president tells Jimmy, We're driving through a dangerous area at night, so we can't make any stops. If you need to use the restroom, you need to go now. Jimmy says, I'm fine. The mission president gets serious enough to even freak out Mark. I am not kidding. Go do your business. Jimmy was insistent that he was fine, so they finally hit the road. As they were about 30 minutes into the drive, they were going through the area of the reservation boundaries, and Jimmy starts complaining that he needs to pee badly. The mission president says, We can't stop here. You'll have to hold it. Jimmy keeps going on. I really can't hold it. So the mission president stops the car and says, 
Okay, but you do your business next to the door. If I say get into the car, you better get into the car fast. With a look of confusion, Jimmy says, All right. Opens the door and starts to do his business. About five seconds later, the mission president says nothing and just yanks Jimmy into the car and floors it. Jimmy and Mark start freaking out. What's going on? The mission president says nothing and just increases his speed. Then Mark sees something next to the car to his right. A giant wolf-looking man was running on two feet next to the car. Mark looked at the speedometer, and they were going 60 miles an hour and still increasing. The wolf creature kept next to the car for 10 minutes until it finally took off into the trees. Shaking, Jimmy gets out of the car when they arrive. They didn't speak through the whole ordeal. And says, What did I just see? The mission president says, Next time I tell you to take care of your business, you take care of your business. One night, years and years ago, I asked my mother if she had any stories dealing with the paranormal or with skinwalkers. She explained that she had, but this story she was about to tell me comes from her cousin, and perhaps is one of the most terrifying encounters I've heard. Her story begins one evening when she was asked by her grandma and mom to watch four of the younger kids while her mom and grandma went to visit a family member. The house they were staying at was her grandma's, which was a traditional hogan. Now the hogan had a rickety door made up of a long piece of floorboard and held together with baling wire and rope from the hay bales. The evening was quickly approaching. Her mom and grandma explained that they would be back within the hour and they wouldn't be far, just a half mile down the road. Like most traditional hogans, the floor was made up of dirt and a single stove in the middle that provided the heat and cooking for the household. As night fully approached, she had just put the kids to bed when she was waiting for her mom and grandma to return. She explained that it was getting really late and her mom and grandma hadn't yet returned home, so she made a fire to keep her and the younger kids warm. Then she said the dogs started wildly barking. Ignoring them and thinking that they had just spotted a small animal, she continued to wait. Like all reservation homes, they had no electricity, so light was provided by oil lamps and candles. She said she continued to wait by the oil lamp while the dogs continued to bark wildly. She then thought that she heard her mom and grandma coming, so she opened the door and peeked outside. Still no one was there, but the dogs, who were still barking, were now facing a nearby hill. Startled, she quickly closed and tied up the door, not wanting to draw any attention to herself. She dimmed the oil lamp and sat quietly next to the sleeping kids. Suddenly, the barking dogs began chasing something around the hogan. It must have circled around a few times, she said. Then, out of nowhere, she was hit with a strong odor of rotting meat, like an animal that had died out in the sun. Terrified, she said that she couldn't contain her fear, and she began to sob, waking the kids up on the bed. They asked her what was going on, and she told them to just be quiet and sit there. Finally, she saw approaching headlights slowly coming up to the Hogan. Whatever this thing was noticed the headlights too and quickly jumped off the roof. She said after this encounter, all of the kids ran out of the house to their grandma crying. 
Some years later, she asked her mom what they saw that night. Her mom explained that they had lost track of time, and once they realized what time it was, they said goodnight and headed back home, bringing along with them their uncle who decided to stay with my grandma for the night. As they approached the Hogan, they had noticed someone or something on top of the roof. It was a skinwalker, she explained, that its whole body was covered in white paint, and it wore a coyote skin on top of its head. As they got out of the truck, it jumped off the roof and ran up the hill, and before they knew it, it was gone. She also said their uncle chased after it, picking up an axe and quickly running up the hill to catch it. After the experience, my family sought out a healer, and he explained that it was indeed a skinwalker. He went to explain that it had ill intentions, and the reason it was on top of the roof was that it was going to drop down the stovepipe and kill whoever was in the Hogan. He said that they were all lucky that her mom and grandma were pulling up when they did. If they hadn't, there was no way of knowing if the skinwalker would have gone through with its plan. My dad has had many run-ins with the entities of the dark from his childhood into his adult life. One story he told my little sister and me was when he was in his 30s. My mom and dad didn't have the best relationship when I was growing up, so my dad leaving for a period of time was something not out of the ordinary. During this one period, my dad had left and was staying with my grandma and grandpa. They had a little house close to the mountains, which was about 12 miles, maybe more, outside the city of Gallup, New Mexico. The story starts when my dad and his brother had to hitchhike into town to look for work and to help my brother sell his jewelry that he made. After a long day in town, they decided to head home since no one at the time had a home phone, and their only form of transportation was walking. It had been early in the evening when they finally arrived at the dirt road that led home. The sun was setting fast, so my dad and his brother picked up their pace, not wanting to walk home in the dark. As they were getting close to home, his brother began to walk faster. Wondering why, he asked him, Hey, what's going on? His brother looked at him with a stern look and answered, Just keep up. Quickening their pace, my dad began to hear voices coming from the trees. Not wanting to look in the direction where they were coming from, they ignored the voices for as long as they could. Nearing home, my dad stopped and began to curse at whatever was stalking them. But then, it was quiet. My dad stood there below the hill, close to home, with the unnerving quietness. He said that he could hear his heart pounding in his ears. Looking in the direction where he last heard the voice, he said, it whispered his name. After that, he and his brother bolted the last few yards home. As they ran, my dad could hear the mysterious creature behind them. With the sound of bare feet pounding on the ground and getting closer, they began sprinting even harder, finally making it to the front door of the house. Before bursting through the front door, they stopped and looked back, expecting to see something or someone behind them, but they saw nothing. So out of breath and adrenaline pumping, they looked at each other in confusion, wondering what the hell was going on. The house they were living in was a two-room house which didn't have a lot of room for him and his two other brothers, 
so they had built a one-room shed next door, which they turned into a bedroom. They quickly made their way to the one-room shed and locked the door. Exhausted from the day and being chased by whatever this thing was, they went to bed. Later that night, my dad woke up for no reason. When he tried to go back to sleep, he suddenly began to hear footsteps outside the shed right where his bed was. Sitting up, he listened as the footsteps went around the shed. Then something more terrifying happened. The strange being began making a dry heaving sound like it was hacking up something. He whispered his brother's name after a few minutes, and his brother whispered back and told him to ignore it and not pay attention to it and it would go away. As he laid back down, trying so much to ignore it, it would circle around the shed whispering him and his brother's name. Finally, after what felt like so many hours, it stopped. Bravely, my dad sat back up and strained his ears to hear if the mysterious creature had finally left. Taking one more look around the room, my dad noticed something from the corner of his eye. He saw a black shape staring through the window. It looked like a sheep's head, but the creature had hands, human hands, pressed up against the window. My dad shouted in Navajo, telling the creature it's not wanted here and to go away. The terrifying creature then stepped back and disappeared from his view. Sometime later, he had finally fallen asleep, and then awoke the next morning and told his mom and dad what happened. Recounting the experience to my grandma, they knew they had encountered a skinwalker. She told him to pray and bless himself with the smoke from the stove. This would be one of the stories my dad would tell us as a warning never to be out after dark, or you would more than likely encounter a skinwalker. <laughs>